0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200mg at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: This is the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WYBC.
2: Congratulations. You have made it to December. Uh, Glasses of cheer all around. But unfortunately, we should be getting right to the news because my, my, is there a lot of it? Governor Newsom and Governor DeSantis of California and Florida, respectively, faced off in a rather unprecedented debate on Fox News moderated by Sean Hannity last night. And it's a debate that I think is so important for every American to sit down and watch from start to finish that I'm not actually going to play any of the clips on the show. Now, of course, there were some solid moments in that debate, uh, talking about Gavin Newsom's in-laws, the poop map of San Francisco, uh, not to mention when DeSantis pulled out a piece of one of the books that Gavin Newsom advocates for that is, of course, filled with disturbing child pornography uh, and is a really Just a crazy scenario that occurred because in a time when the presidential primary debates should be kind of the front and center of everyone's attention, this is the one that stole the limelight. And I think that realistically, the reason that this debate is so important is not because of the two guys that were on stage. Gavin Newsom is really not that impressive of a candidate. He just has the ability to unify the four different factions of the modern Democrats in the United States. And DeSantis, realistically, kind of carries the same flavor over to the right with the same kind of electability. Um, A military graduate, a very traditionalist in his values, has kind of an establishment flair and a lot of uh, low-impact governance for the economy, Uh, not to mention he's very pro-Second Amendment. That obviously pleases the libertarians. And those factors matter because those are the two directions that the United States can go in in the future. And that's why this debate was important. America is either going to head in more of a blue state directive or or in a red state directive. Those are the two roadmaps that your state can pick because people aren't electing old establishment wings of either party anymore. And the young populists on the right and the young radical progressives on the left don't have the political capital or the governance experience to actually bring anything forward into what could be considered a blueprint for modern government. So you're either gonna get the conservative wing DeSantis or the kind of pseudo-Democrat corporate with a progressive flair, Newsom. And so you need to go back and watch that debate if you haven't already. Uh, I'm told there are already like podcast replays of it, so you can just listen to it in the car. But again, the things that DeSantis pulls out of his pocket uh, to illustrate to the crowd during this debate make it worth watching on video alone. So over the next couple of days this December, find time to watch that debate. Well, China's watching a little something different, and that would be... Well, we we don't really have a name for it yet. It's been called White Lung. It's been called Disease X. Uh, and it's the new scary version of COVID. It's a kind of pneumonia that is currently going around China because China has zero safety protocols that its citizens follow. The government, of course, has like a series of protocols that its citizens should follow. But, of course, in China, everything's a big, huge, massive mess. Uh, We have no idea about the extent of the seriousness of this, although GOP and Congress are already asking Biden to kind of limit travel between the United States and China. And now after COVID happened, I'm kind of interested to see how Biden reacts to this or excuse me. I'm interested in seeing how the people who control Biden uh, react to this, because I remember when then candidate Biden uh, said that that was really xenophobic to limit Chinese uh, travel to the United States. I think that something a little weirder, though, is how uh, Fox in Houston called it. Here's Fox 26 talking about what experts, you know, experts are saying about disease X.
3: Well, could the next pandemic make the height of the
2: COVID-19 outbreak look mild? That's what some experts are predicting for what's being
0: called disease X.
1: So I am very worried that we we just don't. uh, We as a nation, we haven't made that commitment to really fully protect the American people.
3: Why are we seeing so many pandemics?
1: It's one of the most common questions I've asked is it's a confluence of 21st century forces. Um, A big one is climate change, which is altering the migration of uh, animals.
2: Climate change. Climate change is, is what we're going to say uh, is causing pandemics. Animal migration pattern changes. By the way, there is no animal migration animal migration pattern change that is uh, even worth writing down at this point because of a couple of degrees increase. The notable, the only notable migration change or habitat impact that we've seen so far um, is on the American pika, and that is a mountain dwelling kind of guinea pig like creature. Uh, that has had to move uh, a couple of feet up in some mountain ranges and a couple of feet down in some other mountain ranges. So, no, the geese aren't changing their migration patterns. I'm sorry. Uh, Canada goose is still going to fly over your house. And in case you're wondering, yes, the plural of Canada goose is Canada goose or gooses. Um, I don't know why it's not geese, but that's a question for Webster's, I suppose speaking of questions everyone's asking george santos has finally been expelled from congress in a vote of 311 to 114 and then two abstaining 105 republicans voted in agreement to expel santos again this guy has been caught lying quite a bit he's a really unsavory character And this brings a very serious question. First of all, I'm very glad that Santos was expelled. He's a garbage human being. He lied. He impersonated identities on his fundraising. There is a certain candidate here in Indiana that it looks like is currently doing the same kind of stuff, but that is another investigation that we'll be releasing on another day. Sean Davis makes a really, really good point. He's the CEO and co-founder over at The Federalist. He says, Republicans haven't fixed the border or impeached a single corrupt Biden official. They haven't defunded Jack Smith or the FBI's weaponization of the government, but they have shoveled $100 billion to Ukraine and they've expelled George Santos. It feels like they want to get crushed in 2024. And this kind of opens up a a rather unfortunate set of examples. Again, I like that George Santos was expelled. He was a horrible person. But this seems a lot like virtue signaling, kind of just like very base posturing to get the corporate media off of their backs, because the Republicans haven't actually expelled a lot of individuals in Congress that have done some really horrible things. Let's go through a few. And this is from Shia Raishik over on uh, Libs of TikTok. Eric Swalwell slept with a Chinese spy and hasn't been expelled from Congress. It's kind of the weakest of those. You know, Sometimes you just got to get hoodwinked by a foreign agent. Adam Schiff threw the country into turmoil for four years, lying about the Russia hoax. Uh, He hasn't been expelled from Congress. Senator Bob Menendez took bribes from Egypt. By the way, in the form of gold bars and other horribly insane, like, 1930s-level bribery, he has not yet been expelled from office. Jamal Bowman, of course, pulled a fire alarm to delay votes and then lied about it, and uh, then admitted later on that he, he lied about it and is very, very guilty. And he also hasn't been expelled from Congress. So what's the point? The point is, if you are going to expel someone from Congress, you better expel all of the members of Congress who have done illegal things worthy of expulsion, either expel all of the members or expel none of the members. Again, this is this is the consistency point with what's called ideological politicization. If you are going to hold a certain set of standards for any governing body, they have to be universal and they have to be completely rock hard cement. They can't bend and be like rubber. And this is the thing that Mitch McConnell tried to communicate to the Democrats when they went to the nuclear option in electing and confirming nominations like in Supreme Court justices. Again, back in the day, you had to have more than 50 votes in order to get someone through and appointed to a federal position. Now that's no longer the case. And so it becomes a situation of basically the Republicans and Democrats trading blows every time power changes. And the rule basically means nothing anymore. Now we're seeing this with House expulsions in Congress. Again, very good that George Santos was expelled, but there are a long list of both Republicans and Democrats that need to be investigated by the Ethics Committee. And then, this is the shocking part, members of Congress actually need to act on those findings by the Ethics Committee. A lot of other crazy goofiness going on this evening. We've got awful tweets with Indy Spanglish, Jerry Lopez, and boy... That is quite the doozy. And then we've got Jack Spencer from the Heritage Foundation talking a little bit about energy policy and uh, I guess the end of uh, hydrocarbon fuel in this country. You are listening to the Tony Kinnick cast on 93 WIBC.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
2: Awful tweets, awful tweets, the ones that no one ever deletes. Awful tweets, awful tweets on the Tony Kinnett Show. On 93 WIPC. That's right. You know the jingle. Uh, Therefore, it's time for everyone's favorite weekly segment. Awful tweets with Indy Spanglish, otherwise known as Jerry Lopez, here on the Tony Kenna Cast on ninety three WIBC. Jerry, we've got some some real stinkers
1: this week. Hey, I, I got to be honest; I look forward to this segment all week. As soon as I see stuff go up on on X or or Twitter, I'm like, we got to bring that one back out on a, on on awful tweets. So always excited for this segment. Thank you for having me. Ah.
2: Oh, anytime. And I'm I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful every single week that maybe this time we're not going to have as many. Maybe we have to cancel the segment because people have been so respectable. But no. So as we were talking about in the quick news roundup last segment, uh, Florida politics says the secret weapon for uh, Gavin Newsom. Nikki Freed helped Gavin Newsom prepare for his Ron DeSantis debate. Um, I... <laughs> Uh, Nikki Freed got blown out by Ron DeSantis in one of the worst gubernatorial election slams in Florida history, Um, and Gavin Newsom got equally spanked. Last night in that debate. So starting off strong there, I just, just 10 out of 10 stuff.
1: Hey, so, so that debate was hilarious. Like, uh, a lot of people were online talking about that was Ron DeSantis that they've been wanting to see this whole time. Uh, obviously Newsom had a couple zingers, but yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. I'm going to, I'm going to come it's, to, it's hard uh, to beat the poop map. It It is. That was great. That was great. That and the in-laws, your in-laws moved to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm gonna I'm gonna come out with uh, with a good hot and heavy one, man. This is America's uh, favorite lovable loser, uh, Keith Olbermann, who uh, I think was part of that initial group that was going to leave the United States if Trump was elected. One of those types,
2: ah, uh,
1: who has since announced uh, that uh, he was going to be leaving Twitter X. And his tweet said, uh, after a must endorsement of the QAnon Pizzagate conspiracy theory, I won't be posting here anymore. Pretty, pretty straight up statement. Nothing to uh, take out of context there. There are a couple of pre-scheduled promos for the podcast. The last one runs at 10. I'm on my other socials under some name variation or something that has to do with Oberman, And everybody... Basically, came out and said, "Don't let the the door hit you with a good Lord splitcha," right? Like, uh, this is <laughs> sure. this is this is not an airport. No need to announce your departure. Okay, and uh, <laughs> and and Keith Oberman had a a change of heart pretty quickly. Uh, so Lauren Lauren Bobert went after him, and he came out immediately and was basically saying, "I never said that, guys. I I never said I was leaving." Since then, like you mentioned, he's posted thirty six times in the past.
2: 36 yeah.
1: times it's like three dozen times he's posted since that one particular post that's one not a said, change
2: of heart that's like revival
1: he tried to rewrite the truth now here's the problem with uh with x is all it takes is a screenshot so we have your post forever and he yeah. wants to reply and say also i'm sorry you can't read but i never said i was leaving twitter I wrote, I was no longer uh, posting new material here except for dogs. I never said anything about replies, especially to half witted congressmen who can't handle themselves in public. Uh, a response to Lauren Boebert. He did just, say, I won't be posting here anymore. That's what that's he said. Fantastic.
2: <laughs> I-, I love that. So, speaking of people who should never be posting anymore, Vice uh, released a new article called 100 Ways White People Can Make Life Less Frustrating for People of Color. Oh, I'm so excited. I know. I'm, I, I personally am always thrilled because, of course, when they say people of color, they don't actually mean um, Hispanic people or Asian people no. or Jewish people or people who are mixed. Like No one ever talks about mixed people. Um, That's true. No one ever talks about half this, half that. No, they, they just mean black people. Yep. Um, and even then, like I guess light skinned black people don't always even get to qualify. So yep. 100 yep. ways that I guess dark skinned black people, everything's sad and bad and, and everyone ought to just give them hugs and money. So just 10 out of 10 stuff from vice, almost as bad as vegans vice. Right. Let me tell you.
1: So this one is a, this is a great one. This is from our friends over at PETA. Uh, they posted, which I will uh, call the best artwork I've seen in a long time. <laughs> Speaking <It's>, of vegans. <laughs> yeah, it's essentially uh, five or six turkeys sitting around a Thanksgiving dinner, holding hands. It looks like they're about to pray. And in the middle of the table is a cooked human. And this human is uh, staged up to look like a, like a turkey, and uh, community notes showed up for the win. So, uh, community notes gave us a nice little note, and uh, and Peter said, you know, be happy that uh, that turkeys aren't people because what would they do to us? You know, thank oh, God that we don't. Yeah, have oh, to Yeah. Oh no, about turkeys that. would never do anything like this
2: <laughs> no, to us. And it's no, like no, no, turkeys have have eaten the remains of people before. <laughs> turkeys are omnivorous. They're scavengers. You know, uh, I don't I don't think so, Sam. Community <laughs> notes for
1: the win. Hey, turkeys are not vegetarians. <laughs> turkeys eat mice, lizards, frogs, and just about anything they can fit in their mouth. If turkeys were larger or had the technological means to farm and eat humans, their current diet reveals they likely would.
2: <laughs> Which is just such a fantastic phrasing. If they could eat humans, yeah, they, they, would. Would. they it's, would. It's like that. Uh, it's like that Simpsons clip. Don't kid yourself, Jimmy. If a cow ever got the chance,
1: he'd eat you and everyone you care about. It's, this one is, uh, I it's, I, man, it, I every day. It's, it every never day. stops. It, your fear is that we won't have one. My fear is that how can we pick the ones that we want to bring on? Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: So, all right, this is from Al Jazeera, Palestine. So you, you already know okay. this one's going to be fantastic. Yep. Um, so it's a picture of a video of this dad. Or grandfather or old man, and he's holding up this this like bundle in his arms that that Al Jazeera blurred the face of, presumably because it's really violent or terrible sure. or horrible. It says he was born and martyred during the war. A month and a half old baby was martyred in the hands of his mother after an Israeli bombing targeted the family home in the Al Murqa area south of the city. And he's holding it up. He's like, look at this, look at this baby that they've murdered. Um, and someone an hour later unblurred the photo. And uh, it's a baby doll.
1: No way. It's
2: a, it's a plastic.
1: <laughs> no way.
2: <laughs> this is like the 15th time it's, that Hamas that... has been caught. And Al Jazeera has been caught with mannequins and baby dolls. Like, look what they've done to him. They made him a mannequin. <laughs>
1: yeah, and I'm not, I'm not saying that there aren't things that happen. But for everyone. There one, absolutely it's kind,
0: are. It's kind
1: of like the racial thing. For everyone. Every one of these that you guys call racial, there's actually a racist thing that's happening somewhere. If there's so many dead babies, so many de- – like, we don't have to fake it. What is the point of faking it? Just bring because up Because they the have actual- to
2: craft the narrative around It's like Jesse Smollett. It's like you can't actually just say, you know what? Chicago's kind of violent. He's like, no, these MAGA red hat guys yeah. that came out of nowhere and they started beating me with a Subway sandwich. And they're like, eat fresh. <laughs> this is MAGA country. <laughs>
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, I have uh, my last one is from just a straight loser from my, uh, my perspective. This can be uh, a lot of people. Uh, yeah. Well, this guy is formerly known as The Pest. This is John Lamuizamo, Lo- Lo- not a fan of his, not a fan of Rosie Perez. Anyth- so John Lamuizamo wanted to send a nice little tweet out to our, our president. And he said, happy birthday, Mr. President. You've accomplished more than any president since FDR. Paque sepa. That means so you know. And right. the only thing that came to my mind at this point was the Dave Chappelle racial draft that I responded. John Loizamo has now been released by Hispanics and is available to sign with other ethnic groups. Like what a loser. <laughs> at the, we don't want him. Anybody wants look at any Spanglish? We will trade you for for whatever you want to offer, if you want.
2: Oh, it's so bad, Claudio. I see, and of course, I, the FDR of all people, the one who right. confiscated, um, you know, gold and silver from everyone, right. and then uh, put Japanese people in internment camps. Ah, yes, accomplished far more than anyone. Just a mess. This last one is is especially since we're talking about FDR and leading to Truman. We got to talk about the UN. So this Let's is from it. UN women. Uh, with like a bunch of warning emojis, catcalling her is violence. Stalking her is violence. Forbidding her from going to work is violence. Violence against women comes in many forms. Now that you know, you have no excuse.
1: <laughs>
2: um, I love, I love that it's the UN that's posting this because half of the members from African and Middle Eastern countries, right. part of the UN, routinely beat, rape
1: marry off seven-year-old yep. women they have no rights can't drive can't go to school no freedom no, of speech no freedom to of protest
2: head to toe in in, well, in in barely even showing their eyes if they're you better
1: right. not travel without a, a male family member
2: no you can't leave the country you can't leave your nope. your city you can't do anything
1: and we'll bribe also- you with acid and we'll do all kinds of stuff but there's now, no witness rights for you
2: in court. Nope. So if you say he hurt me and, and you or women were the only witnesses to it, not good enough. So, yeah, the UN, the ones that, again, I guess this doesn't qualify for Jewish women. No, no, they don't. You count. know, I, I don't know. I mean, if yeah. Jewish women are raped and beaten and dragged across into the Gaza Strip, you know, on the back of a pickup truck is that she's being raped and her butt's exposed to everybody. Oh, yeah. that oh, that's fine. I mean, the Jewish women were probably asking for it. I mean, they're look how short the skirt probably was. My God. So as usual. Just a, a total garbage heap from all of our, our favorite people out there. Uh, you know, just a, a positively fresh, stinky pile of sweaty socks and pet feces for awful tweets this week, don't you think?
1: Hey, definitely. I do want to get your your thoughts on one thing real quick. So uh, Ireland just came out and said, Irish lives matter is hate speech.
2: No, th- these, the, these are the same Irish that faced systemic racism and injustice for like 500, 600 years. Um, on the, uh, on the, the British Isles, right? Correct. So these are the same Irish that you know, were systemically oppressed in the United States in the Northeast and, and on the East Coast and the South, right? Correct. So these are the same Irish that have been routinely beaten called racial slurs for um, equal if not longer than, than black people who have been called racial slurs. Th- those particular people yep. oh, so so saying Black lives matter isn't about drawing systemic inequity and you know, your attention to these kind of horrible things throughout history. Oh, I, I get it. When the person looks black, you're allowed to cry about them and, and run around and post black squares on your Instagram. But if you talk about Irish people you know, who are being slaughtered and raped in the streets by, oh, that's right, uh, Muslim jihadists in Ireland, all of a sudden that's hate speech. That's oh, hate speech. oh
1: yeah. OK,
2: OK, good. I'm glad we got that cleared away so that when you and I go to the gulag, at least we have you know, our facts straight
1: and in yep. order. I think right we're now. good. I think we're good. <laughs>
2: Goodness. Up next, we've got a lot of other shenanigans uh, happening. Stick around on this beautiful Friday evening. Jerry, thanks for hopping on. You are listening to the Tony Kenna cast on 93 WIBC.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
1: You're listening to the Tony Kennett cast on 93 WIBC.
2: When it comes to tripping over their own feet, the Democrats just cannot seem to get anywhere when it comes to energy and transportation policy. And uh, that's good when it comes to the feet, because given the way the Biden administration's going, that's the only way you're going to be able to get around. Welcome back to the Tony Kinnikast on 93 WIBC. With us this evening is Jack Spencer, Senior Research Fellow for Energy and Environmental Policy uh, over at the Center for Energy, Climate and Environment with the Heritage Foundation. Jack, how's it going?
3: Very good. Great to be here.
2: So uh, I saw the the story that was published on the 28th. More than 3,000 auto dealers have signed a letter opposing Biden's electric vehicle mandate. Now, this fits in with what I saw when I drove up to uh, look at the UAW picket line outside the Ford assembly plant in Detroit. What are we seeing nationally? Uh, because there's a lot of blowback to this kind of policy the Biden administration's put forward.
3: Yeah, I mean, auto dealers need to deal autos. And it turns out don't that say. nobody wants electric vehicles. And so whenever this mandate's being foisted upon them, at least at least we as Americans can, can drive our old vehicles. The auto dealers need to sell new ones, and nobody wants these things. And so they're seeing them build up inventory. That inventory is not free. Of course, they've been sold a bill of goods. And I have to add, a lot of the automakers bought into this early on. They said, yeah, we'll switch all of our cars over to electric because they get that sugar high from the the subsidies and from the rhetoric, and everyone thinks that everyone's going to buy a new EV. But, of course, those of us in America who drive vehicles understand that, we don't want EVs. We don't want EVs foisted upon us. We certainly don't want EVs um, with what's available now. See, that's that's the catch. We don't want EVs foisted
2: upon us. I have a couple of friends who really enjoy their Tesla, but you see, the thing is, they actually chose to go out and right. buy a Tesla. They, didn't, they weren't forced to buy Ford's version of an EV or Hyundai's version of an EV or whatever. And this kind of stuff isn't going to fly. I, I'm sure you know about better than anybody. Whenever the government starts pointing its subsidy funding nose in a direction of a business, you can pretty much count on half of those businesses going belly up, or do we have to bring up the renewable energy companies again?
3: Or any company, or any industry. (laughs) The fact of the matter is, the government is good at a handful of things. That's true. Let's just assume that they are. (laughs) But what they're not good at is managing complex systems like the economy. Despite, let's give them the, the benefit of the doubt that they have moral interests, that, that they have good interests at hand. It's too complex. They're not able to do that, and they don't learn from their mistakes. If they wanted EVs to be successful, what they would do is subject EVs to the marketplace so that EV manufacturers had to produce the sorts of cars that people want. That's why we have big TVs and, and hot water heaters that come in different shapes and sizes because people want these things. People are willing to pay money for all sorts of things, including right. EVs. If the government would just get out of the way and allow the market to do the magical thing that the market does, which is puts the, res- the puts the things out there that people can choose. And then, th- then the companies can apply resources and innovation to make those things better so that people want to buy them. And then you, you sprinkle in some of this magic dust called competition. You have right. these different companies who then figure out within that how to do it cheaper and better. That's how you advance whether it's EVs or windmills or whatever forward. That's how you get it done. That's that's how the fossil industry, or I don't like calling it fossil, but the hydrocarbon industry has come to be. You had competition, they, they they needed to be more efficient, they became more efficient, and now they dominate energy production. But they didn't always. I mean, we've burned wood, we've burned whale oil, we've burned all sorts of things. And new technologies come along, they compete, they innovate. And then they displace whatever the older things are and it's quite possible evs could do the same thing but they never will so long as government is up there forcing Mm. it on us
2: and and that's the catch i used to tell my students this back when i was a science teacher there are still like 13 or 14 nations at least back in 2015 that burnt peat moss for energy and and for localized you know cooking and, and heating and it frustrates me because, uh, just as a, a personal anecdote, I don't know what kind of a tools guy you are, maybe a Milwaukee or a DeWalt kind of guy. Um, I I'm have a some. Mil- guy, I'm oh, you're American. a DeWalt guy. So you'll, you'll hate me a little more after this. I, I have a lot of Milwaukee tools and I, the batteries with them, I wanted to rig to a solar setup. So every time I had a day out working with my tools, I wasn't paying a big energy bill getting all the batteries recharged. So I rigged a solar setup. So that whenever I needed to recharge those over the next day, they would recharge nicely. It was kind of a nice way to offset some of the cost. I bought those solar panels before Biden shoved his nose into the big mess that is his solar panel initiative. I've gone back now to see if like I might get a few more of those panels. The panels that I want aren't available anymore. The only thing that are available now are these cheap garbage Chinese solar panel models that are way less efficient that overheat. I don't know if you know this, but solar panels kind of sit in the sun. Uh, And besides that, they're not even waterproof. How are you going to have outdoor solar panels that aren't waterproof? And why is all of that a present factor? Because of subsidies, because now that company, because of a government check, has a bigger foothold in the American market. I can't even get the things I need. And that's a green initiative. That's very environmentally friendly to charge your tools. That sounds like something Disney would have portrayed in like a goofy cartoon about green energy, recharging your tools with solar. I can't even do it because government subsidies have taken my ability away to enjoy the benefits of competition that the better solar panel producer would have enjoyed in a market that wasn't affected by federal subsidies.
3: Yeah, exactly. What you just described is exactly what happens when government intervenes. I'm with you. Just, just, um, just so you know, I also have solar panels, Yes, I, I have an off-grid cabin that I use solar panels for. I have a boat that I need to charge the, the um, trolling batteries for. Hold, hold on a second.
2: A Wait. You're a conservative. You're supposed to like, burn the carcasses of dinosaurs and, and, and like, Indian burial grounds every morning for your fuel. You have solar panels?
3: Well, I, it, it, I feel better about them because I know that the components to make those solar panels were mined out of the ground. So oh, yes. that's how I sleep at night.
2: <laughs> a very, very serious conversation. But I think this is where a lot of people are, because we can talk about the ethereal and, and, and about, well, we need to talk about our carbon output for green initiatives in the future policy. But realistically, Americans like those who are frustrated that the Biden administration's EV manufacturing diktats are causing them to lose out on funding right now, not even to mention when like Governor Whitmer's 2040 initiative goes into play. These are people that are going to lose their livelihood because the federal government is out here proselytizing green energy in in a field that was already kind of starting to move in that direction. And they've screwed it up. Who knows how many decades this is going to take to fix?
3: Well, here's the truth. Here's the truth. Free markets and free people move towards more environmentally friendly, cleaner environments all the time. The Heritage Foundation Mm -hmm. puts out the Index of Economic Freedom. It shows, it's shown for 30 years that the cleanest economies are the most prosperous economies. No one holds China or Cuba or the old Soviet Union up as bastions of environmentalism because they weren't, because people were poor. Rich people, prosperous societies have the cleanest societies. Here's something else that a lot of people don't realize because we're fed this narrative, this propaganda that our environment is getting worse all the time. The fact of the matter is despite us using uh getting about uh, today it's about 80 percent of our energy is produced through hydrocarbons but in the past it was even more than that despite that all of the criteria pollutants that is the things that actually can make you sick have gone down like this in the last 30 years right literally um 90 percent less 80 percent less of for things like Socks and Nox and particulate matter, all of the things that actually matter are going down. Oh, and by the way, the things that don't matter, I would argue, like CO2, also coming down. Not Absolutely. because of Biden's mandates or Obama's mandates or anyone's mandates, but because of the innovation in the private sector that gave us hydraulic fracturing, which produced natural gas far cheaper, which is less carbon intensive. Not that I care about tar- carbon intensity only to demonstrate that free markets are, if, if you care about the environment, if you care about greater efficiency, if you care about these things, free markets are far more effective than government mandates ever have been.
2: I mean, it's its genuinely impossible to argue against the kind of logic that's worked so consistently. Jack Spencer, Senior Research Fellow for Energy and Environmental Policy, thanks very much for hopping on.
3: Absolutely. Thank you.
2: You are listening to the Tony Kinnecast on 93 WIBC.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: It's the Tony Kinnett cast on 93 WIPC. Hello and welcome back to the
2: Tony Kinnick cast on 93 WIBC. I've got some great news because as you know, I'm just the bearer of good news at all times. And this Christmas season, that's no different. Look, I understand a lot of you guys, you've got great Christmas music to listen to, but maybe you're a little exhausted because you've heard it all. And you've heard it all over and over and over again. I know that I live in existential fear because I'm terrified Allison is going to replace one of the bumper lead-ins to a segment with Mariah Carey's All I Want For Christmas Is You. And at some point, you just wanna kind of close your eyes and just hold it all in until the end of December. So for those of you who are feeling that way, uh, here is a mashup of Green Day and Mariah Carey to get you through the season.
1: The innocent can never last
2: Wake me up when December ends (laughs) Ring out the bells again Like we did when spring began Wake me up when
1: December ends As my memory rush But never forgets what I lost
2: That is by DJ Cummerbund, and uh, I just love mashups. I had to share that one with you, found that one the other day. It's a classic, and hopefully it will get you through this holiday season. If, again, you're tired of hearing the same things over and over, here's something else to listen to over and over again. Well, speaking of things that we're hearing over and over again, because I'm just killing it with the segues this episode— College students in the United States love to weigh in on things that they are the furthest thing from experts of. And look, I understand we are at a time where the Internet gives you completely unfettered access to absolutely any information that you could want. And instead of actually researching those things, college students have dug deep down into their feelings and their emotions, and they've started doing something important, something that all of us were needing. That's right. Uh, college students in majors like philosophy and uh, dance are analyzing war footage from the Israeli Hamas war. Uh, This recent explanation comes from uh, Krista Peterso. she is a philosophy PhD student so you just know this is going to be fantastic. Uh, She pointed out a photograph that was taken from a very specific angle outside of the music festival in which Hamas shot up hundreds of innocent people in their cars and showed the photo and said, one of the most surreal moments of my life was when this picture was everywhere about the Nova Party. That's the, the dance party massacre. And no one asked, quote, is this an effing airstrike? What the F is this? End quote. So, If you take a look at this photo, you'll notice that there are a lot of cars that have kind of been skidded out of the way and there's a mess. That is because Hamas went door to door to these cars, stopping people from leaving and fleeing the festival that was being shot up by the uh, Palestinian terrorists. And they shot people in their cars that were leaving the building. Now, of course, anyone who has actually witnessed any kind of an air support strike, uh, whether that's close air support from a helicopter or close air support from a low flying vehicle or something like that, would fully understand that, no, cars don't actually look like this uh, once they've been hit by an airstrike. Uh, Most machine guns and other high grades munition inside a helicopter, they shred cars. Uh, They don't leave Windows intact on the side, but you don't even really have to analyze this you know, these few specially chosen uh, photographs um, from these specific angles that these college students have found and coughed up onto the internet. You so see, you can actually watch footage from the GoPro cameras the Hamas terrorists were wearing as they went through the music festival and shot people at point blank range and laughed and cried Al Hu Akbar as they shot cars filled with people fleeing and trying to leave. And those same cars. That are in the gopro videos of the hamas terrorists that are shooting those innocent women and dance goers those are the same cars that are in this photograph you know what's not in the gopro video from the hamas terrorists uh close air support vehicles from israel so just saying i kind of think that that narrative falls a little bit short but honestly it's really not fair to judge college students of course they're very smart Perhaps they have seen something that that a lot of us haven't seen. And uh, the reason I point that out, obviously college students are just some of the best and brightest in our country, and and I'm gonna show you why. You shouldn't call college students stupid. The perfect example here, of course, is a recent video taken by Young America's Foundation in an interview with several students at Kennesaw State University, um, who decided uh, to tell us a little bit about uh, mathematics.
0: What is 15 times four? 15 times four. Gosh.
3: 23,
0: 23,
3: 23, 24, 24, 48, 48, 48, 48. It's twenty three.
2: twenty eight. Forty eight. Forty eight. It's forty. I was like forty eight before. I was like forty eight. We are screwed. There you go. Uh, fifteen times four is uh, apparently forty eight. Uh, certainly, fifteen is one of the most common numbers uh, that we use every day in the division of the hour into quarters. And everyone knows that an hour has you know sixty minutes, and of course. 15 times 2 is 30, and most individuals should be able to add 30 and 30 together to get 60. But no matter how you come upon uh, second grade mathematics, just be rest assured that that is far above what is attainable by many of our university students today. So no, you, you shouldn't be taking the foreign policy war footage and photography analysis of philosophy majors with pronouns in their bios Uh, that is, by the way, who has been completely swindled and swooned by Hamas. And, you know, now it kind of makes sense as to how they were so easily fooled after watching the great mathematics work uh, on display. One of the reasons, I think, that the Israel is committing ethnic cleansing uh, kind of narratives that's become so popular lately among major members of the left, the reason that falls so flat is because of the steps that Israel has and is taking in order to ensure that civilians inside the Gaza Strip are able to get out of the way of incoming fire. Now, of course, you know that they've used several uh, methods to reach citizens beforehand. They've texted large swaths of civilians in the area. They've dropped flyers. They've released like these tiny popping charges on buildings to let people know what buildings they're going to be striking. Uh, within several minutes, buildings that have uh, major Hamas munitions, rocket launching sites, etc. But this is a new one. I have never in my life seen a country go to the amount of trouble that Israel is going to in this war to keep civilians in the enemy faction safe. So as you can see here, Israel has published a map of different micro areas of the Gaza Strip. These are very, very small areas. All right. These are a couple of city blocks in some instances that individuals can sign up for in the Gaza Strip and then be notified as to all immediate and passive threats in the area. It's an incredibly complex system. I've never seen anything remotely like this. And if Israel is truly committing some kind of ethnic genocide cleansing of Palestine, this is way too much effort for the ruse. This would be more effort than anyone has put into any ruse ever. Because this action alone, and it already has been tested, it already is functional, and the warnings that Israel is sending those micro areas have been confirmed as legitimate. Therefore, Israel is saving lives because Gaza has, uh, the, the Gaza and Hamas has already broken the peace fire. They're already launching rockets at Israel. So... I, I don't know, may, maybe the next time that you're you know considering taking a look at at foreign policy photos and other means and and ways of describing war situations, perhaps you, you might actually do a little bit of critical thinking and actually focus on uh, the evidence from the the side that's actually openly admitting to all of the atrocities and the other side which is openly facilitating. Um, the saving of many civilians in the process. Uh, Thank you very much for joining us this evening. Remember to practice your math. We will see you here on Monday. This is the Tony Kinnick on 93 WIBC.